Welcome to the Lead Me On podcast, where we give you practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. My name is Lori King-Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lori Gorell. For more than 25 years, we've been educating and coaching individuals who want to transform the way they lead. Join us each week as we provide inspiring conversations to help you increase your capability to lead with greater impact and influence. Get ready. It's time to lead me on. Hello, Lori Gurrell. Hello, Lori King-Taylor. How are you today? I am wonderful. And how are you? Or should I even ask? Do you want to answer for me? You are fantastic. I am. (laughs) I am indeed in the sun is shining. Oh, lucky you. Well, you know, being back in Northeast Ohio, I haven't seen the sun all that much in the last couple of months. So it's pretty darn fantastic. Well, I'm so glad you have sunshine today. I do not have sunshine, nor do we typically, unfortunately, during these months. So I will just enjoy through you sunshine today. Yeah, it's for at least a couple of hours. Oh, well, hey, there you go. (laughs) I am looking out at gray skies at the moment and, you know, rain and... (laughs) I think we would make great weather people, like doing a podcast on weather. (laughs) Yeah, because I think we're we're both so greatly impacted by it. But yes. for today, we talk a lot about emotional intelligence and mostly because it's all around us, right? It is literally everywhere at all times if we are awake. But today I wanted to talk about a real life case study and how it mirrors leadership and organizations. And I love real life examples because I think people can really relate to those. And We've mentioned your remodeling project at your house on a couple of different episodes, but we really haven't gone into great detail about it. And uh, you allude a lot to the need for emotional intelligence in this process. And since I have now begun the renovation of our lake house, I want to find out from you where emotional intelligence played in this so that I can learn from you as I'm going through the remodeling model process in our home. And hopefully our listeners will learn a lot from it as well. I tell you, it has been a complete adventure, especially when I sat down to look at what of the emotional intelligence scales played out through the whole process. Well, okay. So let's start with self-awareness. So to me, that's the first big thing in emotional intelligence, right? Is, is really having that awareness of yourself and your emotions. So what importance did self-awareness play out in your remodel process? I'm like ready to bust out and giggles, right? (laughs) Self-awareness has been the most important of the emotional intelligence factors that I could think of. And because it was applicable from everything from the very beginning, from the delays that happen almost from the beginning, setting expectations, right? So one of the expectations that I set in the beginning with anyone who is immediately contracting with me, not the subcontractors working with somebody else really, because that wasn't mine to manage, but anyone I was directly working with, I always give them a heads up. I am not bitchy, but I am picky because I have found that when my emotions do start to come up, right? 
And since I'm usually so level that people think I am being bitchy because all of a sudden they, they're noticing a change and it's no, it's me becoming more detailed. Right. So, but for me, it's recognizing my emotions when they get triggered and letting people know when that's going to happen, not because I'm going to get all spaz on them, but they might notice a change in me. Right. So from setting expectations through the delays all the way out to the beginning, but I will tell you, there was a time that just came up a couple of weeks ago and there were two main contractors I was working with. And and the one contractor, I sent a message in it. It was a little after hours. And for the most part, everyone that works with me knows I don't expect immediate reply, right? They had an emotional reaction to the timing of my message. And at first being, I, I recognized that I was have, going to have an emotional reaction to their response, right? Because that's what we do. We respond back and forth and I recognized it. And if I had not spent so much time learning and practicing, I probably would have fired off something that would have injured a relationship. Yeah. And I was able to recognize when it was happening and step back and and just not respond to that directly. And so I can see where my being aware has, I have saved myself from from myself Yeah, (laughs) on a couple of occasions. Yeah. And I can see that. So, you know, my personality, when I get excited, and I think we've talked about this before, I can get louder and bigger, you know, I I get that bigger posture going. And even my youngest son is like, mom, why are you yelling? And I'm like, I'm not yelling, you know? (laughs) So I think knowing, you know, yourself and what happens when you get excitable or if things aren't going right or how you might take messages would be really valuable in this situation and knowing that going in. And I love how you said the delays, you know, just knowing when you go in, there are going to be delays. It's It's everywhere. And between people and scheduling and the labor shortage and supply chain, and that's just in today's age, right? There were delays before all of these new whole different ballgame now, right? (laughs) It's a whole different ballgame. But I I went in knowing that that was going to happen. And I also, so I could, I preset myself, right? Knowing that delays were going to happen. But when we got to even delayed timeframes and they weren't going to happen and things ended up being about two months beyond, I anticipated, I really just had to keep being very aware so that I expressed myself appropriately. So for our leaders out there, how does that translate to leadership? Well, from my perspective in looking at leadership, it is knowing what triggers you so that you can be very aware so you can have appropriate interactions with your team so that you can set expectations. Much like mine was, I'm not bitchy, but I am picky, right? And I can have a conversation with me, whatever. But if you're aware, you can set those expectations with your team. All right. So talking about your team and remodeling, that's your team, right? Those are the people in your And I did. I call a lot of them Team Lori. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So one of the big parts of emotional intelligence is your interpersonal relationships and your relationship management. So how does that come into play? And especially here, you're dealing with people 
you don't even know you don't have a history of working with. Unlike some of our leaders who may have teams that they know well, how does this come into play with working with a team that's new to you? Well, I had to build the team, right? And it wasn't that I brought all the players on. I I brought a couple of players on and then they have their players. But I know that anyone that is going to be here in my home, spending time and working, I want them to know that they're important to me, that I'm really glad that they are here and that they're they're part of my process of, of moving to this area, moving into this home. And they need to know they're important. And isn't that for everyone? Everyone needs yeah. to have that sense of they know that they're part of something, that they're important, that you appreciate them and, and you're grateful with them. But living here during the remodeling, granted, I was below ground. I was in the basement for a, a good part of it. Oh, did baby get put in the basement? Baby got put in the basement, not just in the corner, but in the basement. But that I think helped me build relationship because there were times where I would have lunch brought in for everyone. And there was literally no place on the main floor. There was no flat surface other than the floor to put the meals, not one flat surface because it got gutted immediately. So I would have them down to the basement in in the kitchen area we have down there. And I would set it up on the island and they would be in my home, right? And we would be together. And that went on, I mean, gosh, this project's been going on for seven months. So by having meals together, right? Since I was here, it was easier to build those relationships. I think then if I were living somewhere else, people were coming in all the time. But I do think people felt part of my process. Because yeah. now there are people coming back to do that, those last things. And they, they walk in and they're like, oh my gosh, this has come so far. You must be so excited, right? They know they've been part of my team and they, they, they have something in this with me. Yeah. You know, and that's something, a company that I owned prior, I did once a month was to bring lunch in and we all sat down together and had lunch. And, and I thought that was so important because- as a leader during that time, you're not talking work. You're asking about family and things that are important to them. And you're just kind of shooting the breeze. And I, I really felt like they felt more part of a family. So like during your remodel, they felt a part of your family, you know, a part of this whole process. And I think that's something that plays over into business quite well. We have to take care of our people. We have to make them feel apart. And it's our responsibilities as leaders to develop those relationships. Yeah. And even when I couldn't partake in the meals with them, right, there are definitely plenty of those occasions, but they knew I cared about them. Right. And even if it wasn't a meal day and I did get to see people, I interacted with them, they know I cared about them. And in, in turn, they cared back about me. So really look at that as your work environment, even in your home environment. People need to know they're important to you and that you're grateful for what they're doing. And you investing in them and they got to know you as Lori, not the homeowner that they're doing this project for, but they got to know you as a person and you showed that you cared for them. I can imagine they probably took extra care in working on your home or in deadlines. And, and, you know, it's like, oh, we can't disappoint Lori. Let's see if we can push this a little bit or what can we do to help get stuff in? Because, you know, Lori's such a great customer. 
Now, it doesn't mean they could they could totally change everything. But to me, it just in my mind, it seems like when when I know I've developed a relationship with somebody, I want to go above and beyond for that person. Right. Isn't that like the team? And it's not like they ever said, oh, my gosh, you're so great. We're going to do everything we can to make things happen. But I did see things always happening and people doing their very best. It was obvious that they were doing their very best. Or if I was being picky about something, they wanted to make it right. They wanted to to be a part of that final level of happiness. So again, it's the same with your team. It is. And, And the very things that you did for those individuals, people you don't know, you could do for your own team, people that you do know or get to know your team better, but they need to know that you care. Yeah. Interpersonal relationships are, it's just huge from remodel to work, to family, friends. It's so important to keep an eye on that. And how are you showing up? So I'm meeting my electrician out at the house tomorrow. I think I'll bake some cookies. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. That is a fantastic I- idea. I will bake some cookies for him and his assistant tomorrow. You know, we've talked a lot about the emotional intelligence scales. Mm -hmm. What were a couple that you've had to really be cognizant of during this process? Problem solving. Oh, yeah. For sure. (laughs) Right. So keeping my emotions in check, right, or it's part of problem solving, but also being a part of somebody else's process as their problem solving right? So my, my contractor, he was constantly problem solving, right? With all the the delays or the hiccups or things that were happening. So he's constantly problem solving and seeing how I fit into that, um, where I could be a part of the problem solving so that we could both see that path forward, right? And that we weren't working mutually exclusive. Yeah. When you're working on big projects together, it's great to be able to understand from both sides because it is a joint venture. Even if you're doing jobs separately, it's a joint venture to get the big project done. And I would say another one would be assertiveness. So we've talked a lot about my style and that I am, I would say more mild mannered, right? Kind of even. So yeah, being, I know that. No, I don't think so. No, not me. <laughs> so for me to, to you've learned assertiveness very well. <laughs> I have. I and that's just it. It's balancing the scale. So if I wasn't always say higher in assertiveness, I've learned to balance it right where it's needed in so that I am assertive in an appropriate way. Right. So this goes back to my awareness that I could be viewed as, I'm going to use the word again, bitchy, right? If I'm being assertive, because it's so different than how I normally show up. So that assertiveness and paying attention to how do I express myself? How do I make sure my voice is heard in an appropriate way? That translates right back to a team as well. Because if we are assertive in a bulldozer kind of way, people aren't going to hear us. And if we aren't assertive at all, then no one's going to know what our needs are. And I think that we can fall on either side. We feel like if we might not be the individual who speaks up, then we think we're being a good team player by not speaking up. And we view assertiveness as aggressiveness 
but you can be assertive without being aggressive. And that's, you know, podcasts that we've done before. And it's learning, are you the type that tends to be aggressive when you are assertive? Or are you the type that doesn't like to push forward and kind of knowing that ahead of time? And in a remodel project, you're putting out a lot of money for this remodel. You need to be assertive enough to say, this is what I want, instead of letting them do whatever they want. And I know in the end, there is, is probably at least one case where I need to be assertive to make sure something is completed the way that I want it done. And that person, because of how they process, is probably still going to think I'm bitchy, right? But what only thing I can work on is me. Yeah, exactly. And how I show up. So if that's how they interpret it and I've been my best self, I've I've done my work. Because the only person we have any control over is ourselves. That's it. That's the only only place we have reliable control. So that's the work I need to do. And am I perfect at it? No, 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 no. And there's the communication barriers too. A lot of stuff we did was via text. Right. When you're texting, there's no emotion. Sometimes maybe they don't know that I'm being really even and they put their exclamation points places where there weren't any, right? All right that's so, the key. We, we read texts in our emotion, not yeah. the emotion of the sender. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure there's where some of that, right? Where I'm thinking I'm doing a great job. I'm being super even. I'm just, you know, asking a pretty baseline question where they could have put emphasis on different words. They could have put the exclamation point in. They could have just completely misread the intent, right? So that is another thing to pay attention to as not just a home remodeler, but as a leader that we have to watch how we're communicating. And if we really want to make sure that our intent is known, then you're not going to pick the text model of communicating. And unfortunately, that seems to be more and more the main communication in today's workplace is email and text. Text has gotten huge. I'll have people that say, text me, don't email me. And have the same thing. And and I never mind when, you know, maybe a text has been going back and forth a couple of times. And, and especially the one contractor, he'll just pick up the phone and say, okay, let's finish this on, on the phone. So we don't have to keep going back and forth. And I'm like, ah, oh, love that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and I think as a leader in the organization, if you see a conversation going awry, you need to pick up the phone or walk down the hall to that person's office. Yeah. If you're in the office together, if you're not pick up the phone, they need to hear your voice. Stop. They need to see yeah. you. Yes. And so that intent becomes more clear. And I would say if I had to focus on any more of the EQ scales, it it would kind of be that balance of stress tolerance with optimism, right? I needed to bring that optimism in to manage the stress. (laughs) I can't imagine. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, believing things can be done in a positive manner, just having that assumption, things can be done in a positive way. I don't have to go off the deep end and also the stress tolerance part it balanced with even we talk sometimes about reality testing is, is this really important? So some of the things that might have derailed me along the way, it's like really looking at it. Is this really important? Or when John would come home and he'd be looking over what was done for the day and maybe he would have a reaction to it because it wasn't exactly what he had in mind. And the conversation would come about back around to, is this really important? And to manage the stress, because if we made everything important, really and truthfully, nothing then can be important. 
And I think too, the optimism and looking forward to, yes, it's going to be a stressful process. You know, going into a home remodel, it's going to be a stressful process. There are certain projects at work. Think about accountants right now, an accounting firm now, and the stress that they have to be under because we're in tax season. You know, it's going to be stressful, but the optimism, I met with my accountant the other day and he was like, May 1st. But it's keeping in your mind that what the outcome is going to be. Yes, I'm under a lot of stress right now, but my kitchen is going to be beautiful when I'm done. Or, yeah, and you thank know, you for reminding me of that a couple of times. I do. <laughs> <laughs> we need that accountability partner. To, and whether you're a leader or you're remodeling, you need somebody on the other end holding you accountable to your emotions and yes. being a mirror for us. Yes. And, and to remind us that the season will come to an end. Yeah. If you're in that stressful season, it will come to an end. And the focus on the emotion of how you'll feel when you're on the other side. And that's, you know, a big part of emotional intelligence is what am I going to feel when the kitchen is done and it's beautiful? What am I going to feel when tax season is over and I can go fishing? Whatever it is, once you get through that, just keep in mind and that will help you kind of even out your emotions a bit. Yeah, even focusing on, my gosh, with this proposal is accepted, the celebration I can have with my team is right. going to be outstanding. All right. So we've talked about some key things, but what would you say were your biggest takeaways during this process? And I think it's as simple as keep checking in with yourself and your trusted advisor, because it took a lot of checking in, checking in, checking in with what was going on with me. And that comes back to the self-awareness. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Where is my thought process going? Is this as bad as it is? Is monkey mind taking over, right? Where is that coming in? So it's that my key takeaway is check in frequently with yourself and have that trusted advisor that's not going to collude with you, that the sky is falling and support you through it. Again, that's for any place in life. I think that's really good advice. And I love that trusted advisor because we do need that person that can kind of keep our feet a little grounded and remind us of where we're at when our emotions are coming out, helping us to be optimistic about things in the future and, and just having that sounding block. Or even saying, um, you just stepped over the line. You are being bitchy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So somebody that's willing to right. say that. Yeah. And you've got to give them permission, you know, there's times I've told my husband, you have permission to say this to me when I step over that line. So, cause you know, sometimes people are a little, mm, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to rock the boat and at work and in a work environment, right? People are sometimes afraid to hold their leader accountable. So yeah. you need to have that person that can come in and step in and say, eh, yeah, you just, and if you are that person, you might remind him, remember how you gave me permission and you asked for the support? Well, I'm going, I'm going to support you right now. And that like, may be how you start the conversation. Yes, exactly. You wanted me to be your trusted advisor and remind yeah. you when? Yeah. <laughs> to settle, you know, monkey mind or Amy down, you know, when you're about to give feedback saying you asked, I'm, I'm here to support you. All right. So Lori, are we ready for the practical solutions for extraordinary leadership? I believe we are. And I'm going to kick it off, whether you're renovating a house or you're renovating a team or leading a team, spend time thinking about how you want to operate, communicate, and even make decisions so you can more clearly artic articulate to your contractor or your team. Excellent. 
The second one I would say would be to pay close attention to the complexity of different personalities and different skill sets and honor all of them. And stay on your game. Recognize when Monkey Mind or Amy are getting loud so that you can reset. You're the leader and the onus is on you. Well, Lori, I cannot wait to make a trip up to Ohio and look at your beautiful renovation. I feel like I've been a part of the process. (laughs) You have been, you have been, and we're going to order sunshine for that trip. Excellent. So I'll wait a few weeks before I come up. A couple months. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I will look forward to talking to you again next week. Until then. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. If you're interested in knowing more about our upcoming events or working with one of us personally to transform the way you lead, visit our websites. For Lori King-Taylor, visit trinityperformancesolutions.com. And for Lori Gorell, visit upwardsolutionscc.com. Until next week.